Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name is AJ Cairns, and I'm your host here each and every week as we do our part to introduce you to the artists and designers from around the world who help bring some of our favorite beers and breweries to life. This week is no different. Got my man checking in from Colorado, Mr. Andrew Gepelt. We came to meet Andrew a couple years back. We were doing our 16-ounce doodler die with our good friend Robbie Davis, and we were just blown away by the work that Andrew was just putting out. One of the things that has always been amazing to me, and we hear different stories of, of timelines and creative processes, say that 17 times fast, and what you'll learn is everyone is different and how they do things, what mediums and what tools they use, and how they bring these stories and adventures to life. And the work that Andrew did really just resonated and stuck out with me. So I, I followed along, and I was just kind of curious how this guy found us and you know, joined in. I was putting out some just killer stuff, and then I just kind of fell in love with his work. And one of the really fun parts of this is that we follow along, and you know, occasionally we'll get, we'll get you know, breweries or uh, folks reaching out looking for recommendations, and we keep a list and you know, pass on, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But... We always hope that some of these artists that we really admire, um, you know, stick on somewhere or end up doing a project. And we're, we're pretty liberal with that. Uh, we, you know, we hope it's a label, but it doesn't, you know, it's not make or break. It could be a mural. They could be a photographer, you know, and uh, we continue to let that evolve and grow. And so we were really excited when, you know, we were just checking in with Andrew and he let us know that he was going to be doing some labels for, for Call to Arms. And... We locked it down. So this is a great episode. He's got a great perspective. I really enjoy his work. Um, I think the the work he's doing and using, uh, you know, his strokes and his creativity for social justice messages. You know, we talk about that for a bit, and we talk about his process with Call to Arms, and his kind of his you know different adventures. You know, going down the the agency path and working for himself, and you know, a little bit of advice for for those at at different points in their career. And it's uh. It's a really positive episode. I hope that you'll, uh, you know, resonates with you as much as do with us. Make sure you check out gepelt.com, G-E-P-P-E-L-T.com. And then on Instagram, it's Andrew and then Gepelt. And so you go there and you see all his photos and you see what he's doing and the, the adventures. And, you know, make sure you tell him that we said hello. So you're listening to episode 165, which is just really crazy. It's really mind-blowing. And we thank you all for, for being here. Um, real quick, uh, September is uh, Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. I know it's, uh, you know, we continue to try to use our platform to speak about different issues and things that are important. I strongly, firmly, with all my soul, believe in the importance of mental health awareness, uh, being supportive. Uh, I think we talked about last week, you know, if, you, if you're in need and you, you need to reach us, I'm aj at 16ozcanvas.com. But remember that the, um, the hotline, uh, 1-800-273-8255, and you know, you'll be able to speak to somebody. Uh, it's also, this episode is airing on September 11th, 2020. And on one part, our hope is that, you know, listening to this and listening to Andrew's story and, you know, uh, you know how, how he came to this you know, point in his life that it's inspiring and it's a, it's a positive story. But we also remember all those that we lost that day. 
And as you know, I love music. Uh, you know, our short story was that we were around the corner from the Twin Towers, probably, I don't know, we'll just say arbitrarily through to about three or four o'clock in the morning. The, the wetlands was shutting down. They were doing their last run of shows that week, five, you know, kind of uh, all-star shows. And we went and we saw, you know, Project Logic. Uh, I still have the ticket. Uh, I need to get it properly framed so I can just, you know, kind of keep it all in perspective. But it was, you know, Warren Haynes, Mike Gordon, uh, Robert Stanley, I, I believe, and, you know, and several others. And it was just kind of, it was just one of those shows where everyone was just in a, in a great place. And so we stayed at my friend's house in Upper East Side. Uh, I called out of work and, um, you know, repainting the timeline. I was probably going over the Tribera Bridge around the time that the, the planes uh, hit the first tower. Uh, I went home. I had no idea what had gone on. It wasn't really, uh, you know, I'm old, so there wasn't cell phones as frequently used. Uh, definitely not, you know, text messaging. Uh, and so, yeah, and so I, I went home and I slept. Uh, you know, I, and I, my mother kept calling me and calling me and calling me multiple times. And finally, I was like, oh, okay, what's up, Mom? And she's like, are you okay? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm fine, I'm just sleeping. And then from there, she said, you know, you were in New York City last night. Like I said, cell phones and whatever, you know, we didn't, you know, it wasn't like I was texting where I was going to go and what's going on. And I said, yeah, I said, I didn't, we didn't talk yesterday, you know, I didn't tell you that. And she said, please, you know, she said, you haven't heard. And so then I put on the news and, uh, you know, my world and the you know the world around has changed forever, and so it's. Um, I don't mean to make it an anecdote. I just think that you know sharing that is really important to me because you know I was literally around the corner, you know, a few blocks away from um, you know one of the most horrific you know things that's happened you know in American history, and so I know that COVID and quarantining and being home and not being able to be together can cause some real intense emotions. And I know that, you know, I've become more self-aware of that. You know, I've been trying to you know, be more comfortable speaking to, to friends about that, you know, just kind of some of the, the loneliness and the uncertainty. And so those feelings that I have, you know, for others can be amplified to, you know, an extreme degree. And it gives a feeling of loneliness and, you know, uncertainty and, you know, confusion. And, it's important. It's, imp it's important that, you know, you know that there's people out there that care about you. Again, it's 1-800-273-8255. Please reach out again. Or if you're, you know, unsure, if you want to reach out to me, uh, again, aj16ozcanvas.com. Shoot a DM or what have you. I'll give you, you know, uh, a way to get in hold of me. If we want to call together, we can do that. Um, just, you know, if you're here, we appreciate you. And, um, I think that's one of the really, you know, to get heavy for a second, I think it's one of the really great things about what Andrew does with his work. Um, you know, I, I was moved. You'll hear it later on. You know, it, uh, it really kind of, uh, some of the stuff he's done really kind of uh, plucks at my heartstrings, and it just it really meant a lot. And so when I was listening to the episode again, uh, I just thought, you know, this is my platform, and, you know, what can we do to help? And I think that folks knowing that they're that someone loves them, someone cares about them, that they're important, and you know, if they're scared or unsure, you know, you're not alone, and uh, we're here for you, and that's really what it's all about. You know, this is a podcast, and it's a great outlet for me, and you know, I get to meet all these great people, and 
what have you, but there's so many of you out there that support us each week. And so I don't want this to be, you know, a one-way street, you know. We're a community. We're building something together. And if you need help, please reach out to me. 1-800-273-8255 is the hotline. You know, some, uh, professional will, will make themselves available to you. They'll speak to you. They'll help you. And I think it'd be really, really positive. And I would hate to, I would hate to hear that something happened to one of you. Okay, so you're listening to episode 165 of the 16 ounce canvas. Andrew Gapelt, Call to Arms Brewery, Colorado. They sent me some beers, and they kind of broke the rule. We usually don't. You know, I drink them or enjoy them before, but uh, you know, Andrew and I cracked a few. I think I had to edit out a few of the the can openings, but uh, they were delicious. And uh, my only complaint is, I think, after he sent them to me, like a couple of days later, he's posting pictures of pilsners and lagers and stuff like that, and we talked about it. So it's just uh, another excuse for us to to get together and figure something out. And you know, maybe we should do like a a Zoom with everybody, maybe we'll do like a Zoom happy hour uh, one of these upcoming weeks. I think we're talking about for October uh, to doing Sober October. I think, you know, it's kind of recalibrating a little bit. Um, you know, I joke when I when I do the turntables, I say DJ Dad Bod, but, uh, you know, I don't want to become a, <laughs> become a cliche. I mean, I know that Dad Bods are sexy, but uh, so... Without further ado, episode 165, Andrew Gapelt, 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Very excited to have us today, checking in from Denver, Colorado, Mr. Andrew Gapelt. You can follow along with his adventures and his creativity at Andrew Gapelt on Instagram. It's Andrew, A-N-D-R-E-W. G-E-P-P-E-L-T, and then you can just go to a little shorter version of that, capelt.com, and see the man's vast and very impressive and detailed portfolio. We came to learn of him just because, well, we connected, we're a fan of his work, and then we were really excited to see, uh, to tie it all together and justify us interviewing him and having some beers together. He's done some recent label designs for Call to Arms uh, brewing company out there in Colorado. So uh, thanks so much for uh, being a part of the project, Andrew. I appreciate your support. And you know, like I said before, I'm a, I'm a big fan of your work. Absolutely, man. I'm super stoked to finally get a chat and, and just, you know, hang out over the next little bit and shoot the shit. Yeah. I, you're a great example of someone I followed for a while and really, you know, admire their work. And then, you know, you uh, shot me a message. I, you know, I, I was getting the sense you were, starting to do some stuff with call to arms. You're kind of teasing them a little bit and your, your stuff. And then you kind of gave me the, the heads up and we were like, done, like, cool. Justify that for, for this next season. And, and, uh, and, and here we are. So yeah, I, uh, I really like your work. I love the, the level of detail and, uh, work, you know, you were, if I'm, if I remember correctly, you, you participated in our, the doodle or die, I think back in the day, and you did some really oh, yeah. creative shit that was like mind blowing that you're, you're pumping out this stuff. Uh, and so I was, uh, I kind of fell in love pretty, pretty early on. I think there was one, it's like a monkey astronaut. If I remember from, you know, one of them that was just like, it was, yeah, it was incredible. So yeah, it, it's really cool to be able to come all together. And then, uh, the notorious, you know, Earl from dinosaurs, which is cool. I, I, I to, to see that was part of that, uh, project too. So it's, uh, yeah, like I said, it was, it was a no-brainer having you be uh, be a part of it. So uh, thanks, man. 
Oh man, I'm, I am just as excited as you are. It's uh, been super fun to just listen to all the different people that you interview across the world, and just you know, it's, I think you created a really cool platform to just talk about what we're all passionate about, and you know, what we're lucky enough to get to do for a living. So it's uh, pretty pretty awesome what you've got going. I'm stoked that you invited me to participate. Well, uh, it's I mean. I, I will. I mean, I, I've said it before. I, I think at this point, it's past the point of where we thought it would be. You know, people say, "Oh, do you do you ever run out of artists?" And I'm like, "No." Like that's the great part. I mean, I mean, there's so many breweries, and then we're very loose. We've gotten even looser in recent, you know, year with how we, you know, justify it. It's you know whether it's a logo or a mural or or anything, right? And so we're just yeah, we've we keep a running file and just uh, you know always have folks that are on it and sometimes there are folks who are on it that aren't even uh haven't done stuff yet but we're just like oh man i hope they do something and then as soon as they do we just kind of we pounce so uh yeah so so like i said folks uh andrew gapelt on instagram gapelt.com i mean your portfolio is is really vast i mean it, it's pretty it's it's mind-blowing actually the amount of uh brands and you know creative stuff that you've done so um this is where and then Andrew hooked it up and sent some beers. So I'm going to sit here and drink some beers while you tell you the, you know, take us back in time a little bit. You know, what's the, what's the Andrew Gapelt story? Like, how did you kind of find your, find your calling? Cause I mean, your work uh, is, is fun. It's detailed. It's got a you know, level of humor. It's dark at times, you know, the versatility is there. So, you know, take us back down memory lane a little bit, man. For sure. No, I mean, you know, kind of your, the you know, typical, artist kid growing up in the in the 80s and just was always drawing and you know luckily had a grandmother and a mom that you know saw that early on and really encouraged it and and kind of stoked that flame and you know when I went out to college was you know doing it uh kind of the you know stereotypical you know, I'm a fine arts major. I'm just going to go paint for a living type of mentality with, you know, zero, <laughs> zero uh, cares of reality of that actually being, uh, you know, financially fruitful. And uh, I think it was end of my freshman year or something uh, that I stumbled into the, like, the other end of the art building and came into like the, the design lab. And this was, you know, mid, late 90s. I'm from Oklahoma originally. And, you know, so just I had not really ever been exposed to design and that that concept. And so it was just very blown away that there was this whole nother area of art that was actually career driven. And so made a, a, you know, pretty heavy left turn changed majors and kind of just dove in head first into the design world and you know pretty much since then have lived and breathed it um it was uh you know after after college started in you know a couple small design shops and through the first couple years of my uh career kind of was told time and time again that like 
I needed to go back to school because I was not uh, was not at the level that I thought I was at, and that if I wanted to actually be successful in this business, I needed to learn some shit. And so ended up going back to a different school, went and got a design degree from a, a tech school uh, at night while I was working a full-time gig and got, uh, you know, learned a shitload more through that program and really opened up my eyes that, you know, design was a much richer uh, industry and had a lot more rules and, and science and, and reasoning behind it other than just, Hey, I make pretty shit. And uh, that really kind of helped springboard my career, you know, coming out of it, getting that second degree and really just learning from those professors and, and that really invested in me at the time. And so that was, you know, really, you know, kind of one of those monumental moments of my life. Had I done that, I don't know where I'd be. Um, but then since then, it's been, uh, you know, it's been a bit of a, a ride. I've, I've kind of bounced back and forth between the agency world and working for myself uh, for different stints. And, uh, you know, I've worked for small, small shops, you know, five, six people. I've worked for ginormous agencies with, you know, several hundred employees and, uh, you know, kind of everything in between and just had, you know, through that art and illustration and just the, the visual storytelling aspect of kind of the marketing advertising world was really where my passion was. And so I've just kind of continued to double down in that area with all my own personal pursuits and then going out on my own, the handful of times I've done it has just always been around that piece of, of it more so than the traditional advertising marketing, which I've got, you know, 20 years of doing, it's just, you know, it's a great way to pay, pay the bills and, I've had a lot of fun and done a lot of amazing, cool shit, but the passion definitely is in more of the art form side of it for sure. Yeah. Now, do you, what, when you kind of had that like holy shit moment uh, at school, do you like? Do you remember like what 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 like what was the scene like? I mean, like that you just like oh wow, this is where I could go. Like, was somebody creating something, or did you was? Did you see something that was created or did you do something that you made yourself that made you kind of go like, whoa? No, I mean, for me, it was, I was so, I was so oblivious to that world. Like I just, I didn't know that that existed. So I I happened to walk into a design lab and there was a handful of students there, you know, sitting in front of, you know, old school gray Macintosh computers. Yeah. I was going to say, cause we, um, we realize we're about the same age. Like that's another thing. Like just to think, think of it back then, I think kind of our generation. Well, I started in Photoshop one, man. Yeah. Oh no. That, yeah. I tell that, that story. I mean, I, I had that no, cause no layers. <laughs> wait, what? Oh, you're old. Yeah. Are you sure? Oh, no, are, you, was... are you sure you're not older than me? I think you're older than me. We're using like, yeah, no, I'm just kidding. But like, yeah, I think it's crazy. Cause I just think that, 
when you look at stuff and how it was created and know that the level of de- like detail that and work that went into it, and it wasn't the machine doing a lot of the heavy lifting, which, you know, which is programmed by people who knew design to make it easier. But when you see some of these early designs and create creative stuff, it just, it, it's even more intense when you kind of put it in perspective of where programs like Photoshop were or were not, you know, it's amazing. It's really just, it's fucking yeah. awesome. Well, I think, you know, you know, you joke about, you know, the age, but I think being from Oklahoma, you know, in, in the, you know, the rural part of the country, it was, you know, the, the schools, the businesses weren't necessarily up on the latest tech. And so even though, you know, we were probably in, you know, Photoshop three or four at that point, all the places that were around there, the school itself was teaching very antiquated software and even my first job that I had out of school we were still doing like old school like paste ups where you would wax you know you'd print out you'd print out all the text for the for the ad and you'd cut it by hand and you would use a waxer and wax it and and paste it onto the board that had your blue lines that you'd set your column widths and your and your line spacing and then that's when that whole thing went and got photographed. Right. Yeah. Even, even, no, was, yeah. Even photographs. Like it's just, you know, the idea, like, I don't know. I love my Pentec and you know, I gotta, like my new problem is I have all these old, old rolls I found and I don't know where to go to get them done. Like I took it to Walgreens the one day and I was like, Hey, and the, you know, the, the kid, you know, bless his soul, but you know, he's probably, you know, couple bowls deep or you know have a joint in when he you know like would look like he just was like what what do you, uh, you want to do what man what and, is I, this? and i was like i'm not leaving it like i'm, I'm like i'm hope because my hope is like out of these five six ish rolls if i can get like a half a dozen great memory photos because i have no idea where they're from like I, I i don't know if they're from like 10 years ago when i taught like a random uh not 10 oh god i'm uh, like 20 plus years ago when i taught a random photography class in the summer or I have no idea, so I'm excited for that. I'm like, if they come back and tell me they ruined it, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll lose it. So I was like, uh, I'm good, I'm good, dude. Never mind. Don't need to kill your buzz right now. But uh, yeah, it's just, it's just really great. Now with that, so you, you, you knew that, like you kind of found it and you had that moment. How is like telling your family, hey, I'm gonna like make, I'm gonna go for this like design, you know, idea for a career. Was it like record skip? Like what the fuck? Like, what was that like? I mean, not really, because I'd already, I'd already decided to be a fine arts major. So, you know, we had already had that, you know, horrible, horrible moment in life. You know, I have my dad's an engineer and he's sitting there going like, wait, what are you doing with your life? Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. You know, so at least, at least design was, you know, potentially a a one step better because and I was like, no, there's actually jobs with paychecks for this. And he's like, oh, okay. Well, then I guess it's not all bad. Yeah. And which, I mean, engineering and architecture, like those are, they don't sound like, but when you think about it, like those are, those are just like cooler design jobs. Like they're just, you know what I mean? They're designing things oh, in totally. just a different, different way. Uh, one of our first guests ever, uh, David Paul Seymour, who does all the labels for burial, like that was his job. He was like an architect and then doing some band work on the side. And then finally, you know, there were like things closed and the you know, way the economy went. And he finally, his wife was just like, you really enjoy the rock and roll 
and design like posters more than being an architect. Why do you, you know, but it was just like, I never thought of architecture as like, a as like drawing and design as much as I do now. So yeah, it's kind of, it's really cool. No, it really is. It's the, you know, over the last, I'd say probably 15 years, um, you know, my dad and I have made more and more of those connections and, you know, and, and started to realize the commonality in the way our brains work. And, uh, you know, even though he doesn't necessarily understand the technical aspect of what I do when I break it down to him in, in like a, you know, logical reason of why we're doing X, Y, and Z or why I design things a certain way or with some of the industrial design and, and things that I build, like explaining that to him, he gets it. So it's, it's been kind of cool to kind of bridge that gap between the engineering and the art. Yeah, exactly. I learned it by watching you, right? Like it's like, that's, that, and that's the thing I think that that's really, you know, it's just a unique way of thinking. And so I think that to break it down into a way of a perspective that's like similar to his, like it makes it easier, but uh, yeah, I think it's great. So, so you, like I said, the versatility, you know, you're doing branding, you're doing corporate work, you're doing you know, your own stuff. Uh, or what are the, what are the tools of the trade? Are you, have you gone full digital? Do you do still do tactical uh, tactile work or, you know, what's, uh, what's happening at Capelt studios? Dude, I am, uh, all over the place. There's really not a consistent process. Um, which is probably why I have, you know, if you look through my work, there's such a variety of styles um, because I jump around from, you know, three or four different apps on the iPad to, you know, hand drawing stuff on my Cintiq tablet in Photoshop to vector work. But then I still am a pencil and paper guy pretty much 90% of the time starting out. I do it. I still do ink work. I still mess around with, you know, paints and watercolors to get certain textures that I end up scanning in. So, I mean, it's, I definitely rely on the, you know, old school way that I was brought up mm -hmm. as, as part of my, you know, it's, it's still a heavy part of my toolbox for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I, I do like that. Cause you can tell some of the, like, you know, there's a lot of the vectored stuff and there's other pieces that are like extremely, you know, detailed and, you know, really we like, you know, you zoom in and you can see, you know, the, the thick line work and, the, you know, the stories, you know, the, the, the animal faces and whatnot. So it's, which is, which I really, you know, that, that's what I admire. I think you described it great. I mean, your, your versatility and you know, all, where, how you're doing stuff is kind of, uh, at that moment, what, what's, uh, you know, what you're in the mood for, I feel like. So it's, it's really cool to see. Yeah, it's been, uh, honestly, it's been with the, you know, this past slew of labels and stuff working with the, you know, for called arms, it's been a kind of a new challenge to quote unquote, create a bit of a style because it's not mm -hmm. something I've ever, you know, you know, strive to do. But with you know trying to keep like, some level of consistency across you know these these labels was kind of like all right well I need to at least remember how I'm doing these first couple labels and make some notes 
So when we, do, when we do the next one, you know, I'm at least attempting to make them look the same. Right. Yeah, I think they're fun. I think the use of the like the the foil and kind of the, the, the shine and the reflective nature of them has a it creates like a good you know a good vibe for it and just kind of uh, and it's kind of cool. Like it was fun to get a couple twelve ounce cans. Like I was kind of like, oh, was, they're they're nice when you when you really think about it. I mean, other than the, the name of the of our brand, it's uh, you know, sometimes having a sixteen ounces. Uh, it's a it's a little bit little bit of work, or at least uh, having the the second or third one. So you mentioned, you mentioned call to arms, you know, uh, how did, how did you kind of come to, to team up with them or, or meet those folks? Um, well, I drank a lot of their beer. <laughs> um, they're, they're literally they're like, you're not leaving. Are you um, like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, never. Hey, look, he's, uh, he's no, back again. <laughs> yeah. We can't get rid of this fucker. Uh, no, like they're like a mile and a half from my house and they opened like about little, just over five years. They just had their five year anniversary and, um, you know, Denver's got a great, I mean, phenomenal brewery scene, but in the part of the town of Denver that I live, uh, you know, in the Highlands there, you know, especially five, six years ago, there wasn't that many breweries in kind of our neighborhood. And so when they showed up, you know, it was kind of a, you know, holy shit, we actually have a, a brewery that I can just jump on my bike and go to. And then got in there and they were big into the lager scene, which I'm a huge fan of. And so I kind of was hooked in the early days and just, you know, the amount of, the amount of work days that I spent there where I just bring my whole mobile set up and set up in the corner with, the laptop and the Cintiq and work for six, eight hours in the brewery. You know, they just came to know me and then of course started asking what I did and started sharing work with them. And so when they decided that they were going to can for the first time back in January, uh, you know, they reached out and we started having that conversation and it was a initially, you know, pre pandemic was a, you know, hey, this is, you know, we're planning on doing this. Let's start getting everything lined up. And we kind of were taking it in a very systematic, very thoughtful, strategic way. I was, I, wor- I worked with them on, you know, some of their brand positioning and writing their manifesto. And we were like trying to do it and get all the, the parts figured out before we dove straight into packaging. And then COVID hit and we were just like, fuck it, let's put everything in cans. Yeah. I think that became a very, very quick, you know, let's do a shitload of labels real fast. Yeah. I think that's been kind of like, I think for the folks who are kind of, uh, unsure of making that leap and like, Oh yeah, we'll get, we'll get there. You know, uh, it, it's been beneficial. I think I'm glad that folks are at least thinking about it. I, I do feel bad for the individuals and breweries who, weren't ready for it and kind of were really left, you know, just scrambling. But I think it's allowed, it, it's allowed for, I mean, especially looking at the work with, you know, with call to arms, uh, you know, uh, call to arms brewing on Instagram and then call to arms brewing.com. It, it's allowed them to have a, you know, have some level of fun and kind of create or share, you know, share their, their vibe, you know, with people. And I, and I like that, you know, the, the cans are fun. They're tongue in cheek a little bit. And uh, it's it's been really it's cool to see that I think that 
you know, having you bring that stuff to, to life is really cool. And, uh, it, yeah, the labels are, are detailed they have a, you know, they tell a story and, you know, they're, you know, they don't take themselves too seriously. I mean, with a name like Call to Arms, I was expecting like some like military, you know, apocalyptic shit. So like, I was glad to see it was a little, you know, I was like, you know, you know, come to have a, you know, a little more fun with it, especially like no touching, right? Like, you know, there's, uh, you know, it's a good, you know, to see like, you've been expecting all these masked, uh, labels, right? And there hasn't been, there surprisingly hasn't really been a ton of them. I think folks are kind of in denial of what's happening. So that one just made me smile and it was, you know, it was really delicious too. So yeah, I just think it's, I think that's fun and that's a good, good life lesson. Just go to your brewery that you want to work with and set up your office there and just kind of take over and eventually they'll have to talk to you. There you go. Right. <laughs> exactly. Just handcuff yourself to, to the bar stool and hand them a business card. Oh, the idea, I mean, I would, yeah, that's one thing like here in Connecticut, there's not much infrastructure for like bicycling places. Like you can bicycle in your neighborhood and you know, go to a track and whatever, but like the idea, uh, and we've, we've kind of shared it in bits and pieces before, but I, when I lived in, in the Netherlands, like it was, I mean, that level of biking, like it just, it was like a beautiful like ballet and like dance, like how it just fluidly worked together and it'd just be hundreds and thousands of people on bikes every day. But just walking and like kind of appreciating things a little, a little bit slower. You know, when you take a bike or you have to walk somewhere, you know, it just a, it just a, it just makes you appreciate it more. But to be able to have a couple of beers at a, you know, your local brewery, like literally, and then to to bike home is it, it's pretty perfect. Oh yeah. So they decide that they're going to go to Cans. You know what? You know, what, what is that like? How, how did you guys kind of come up with the labels? Like what was the, you know, the brainstorm, you know, uh, process and then kind of, how would you compare that to like working like at an agency where there's like 18,000 levels of red tape? Like how, so it must've been like a different <laughs> experience for you. I mean, it was like I had, uh, I had a, you know, fantastic opportunity a few years back to work with uh, new Belgium uh, when I was at my last agency. And so I took a lot of the learnings of how we approached, um, th- uh, that process, that project, cause we were helping them launch their mountain, what ended up being their mountain time logger, but we were, you know, it was a whole positioning and naming process and trying to figure out what they were going to call the beer. And then once we landed on the name, figuring out the whole, design aesthetic and then going into the actual exploration. So I took a lot of that learning uh, into this initial, um, you know, plan back in, you know, early February and kind of, we were, you know, we, we outlined a, you know, a bit more of a, of a systematic process and we were going to kind of, we were starting with kind of one of their signature beers which is the ballroom beer, which is their American lager. And that was kind of the one that kind of to them was the heartbeat of the, of the brewery. So they wanted to get that one locked in and then kind of utilize that as a springboard to, you know, do any future ones. So we were very much, you know, going about it in a kind of step-by-step process. And then, you know, all, everything got thrown out the window when 
COVID hit and it was very much a, you know, well, the tap room shut down. That's where a hundred percent of our revenue comes from. So we need to come up with another revenue stream. So let's get this beer into cans as fast as possible. How many, how many labels can we bang out in the next week? And so it, it you know, luckily we had gone at least gotten, you know, the, you know, I, I we'd worked through a general template of kind of how we wanted to structure the labels and how we wanted to play and the amount of freedom that we wanted to have. But, you know, once we kind of pulled, you know, pulled the ripcord, it was, uh, you know, just go, go, go. And it was a lot of just, you know, a lot of just cool open conversations with Chris over there. He's the owner and brewer and, and Bissy is tap room manager. The three of us just sitting in a room, just going like, all right, cool. This beer's named this, you know, why did you name it that? What was the inspiration? What's the, you know, a lot of their beers are named off of uh, pop culture moments, you know, so one-liners from TV shows or old SNL skits or things like that. And so luckily it was because of that, there's uh, a lot of fodder, visual fodder to play with, but then it was just, uh, all right, how do we, how do we take that moment, that scene, that character and try and walk the line of trademark and, and IP where we can and, uh, you know, represent this, this idea. And so it was just some, you know, really cool collaborative conversations and live sketching, you know, lots of just pencil sketches and napkin sketches, uh, throwing out, you know, this could work and that could work. And it was just, they would see something that they liked and just do that, just go and, and, you know, spend, spend a few hours inking, inking it up and coloring it and send it over. And, you know, a week later we're, putting beer in, in labeled cans. Wow. Now, when you look at your kind of your personal work, uh, I, I, I get the sense that you prefer black and white. I mean, I think that's kind of like your comfort place. So like, do you, is it, is it fun? Is it, is it harder for you to work in color? And that's a weird question to ask for an artist, but like, you know, it's, uh, I think these cans need color. So I think, and, and the beauty of them too, I think that, which is harder to do with, with labels is, is depth. I think that like there's, you know, there's, it's multifaceted, you know, you have the front, front pane, you have the image, but then you have, whether it's just kind of like the energy in the background or the textures you're using, but it, it gives us this great level of depth, which is, I think it's really important, um, for, for these, you know, cans and just to hold them, you know, to feel them. But, um, yeah, how is that, how is that for you? I think that, you know, Obviously, you're just in some level of humility, and you know, say that you know you don't mind it. But yeah, you know, that's a I think that's a compliment to you as I ramble. But like your versatility allows you to, you know, bring things to life with just black and white. But then you know, these cans really just scream, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I think it would it's been a bit of a, a personal journey and learning curve for myself. Uh, you know, going through these because if you, you know, if I look back and I start with the ballroom beer, which was the first one I did. And then Janet Reno's dance party was the second one. Both of those have a much more minimal uh, color palette. You know, they were pretty much like three color spot graphics, like classic screen print, you know, simple screen printing approach. Um, and then as I've done more and more, I've kind of uh, 
just push myself to have a bit more fun and and see how I could bring it, you know, more color in. And and I think you've got, I think I sent you the uh, uh, Jamaica Jams uh, Sun Princess. Mm-hmm. So like with that one, that one was just a, hey, this is a one-off beer. Like, let's just have some fun with it. And so I kind of threw the, the styling that I had established for all the other uh, labels I'd done kind of out the window and, and just challenged myself to do something different. And so that one's like fully uh, hand-painted label. Oh, wow. Uh, that was, you know, not not in the style of of uh, anything else, but it was just, you know, they're, they're very just kind of loose and fun as a brand and as owners. And, uh, you know, they just want to have some cool graphics that represent the idea or the name. Uh, and so I've, I've just been given a lot of freedom, but to, you know, to answer your question, like, yeah, I mean, black and white is, you know, my, probably my default, like I'm a big one color guy. And I think that probably stems from, you know, just being a pencil and paper sketch guy for so long, but then also, um, you know, I got, I got into screen printing, but I got into screen printing back in the, you know, nineties before screen, screen printing had, is, is amazing to me. That's a whole, like, I think oh, now, that's, I think it's just, well, it's now what, what can be done. Oh yeah. I mean, I look at some of these guys I mean, uh, you know, people that are truly masters of the, the screen. And I've worked with people over the years that just, I'm, I'm so blown away at how they can, you know, play with inks and layering and get just this finite detail, which I think back to, you know, my, you know, early days of screen printing 20 something years ago. And, you know, the, the, the mesh just, it wasn't, you know, it just didn't, it wasn't there. So you couldn't hold that detail. So everything was way more simplified. Um, and I think that's just, I held on to that approach to design for a really long time. And it's my, it's like my comfort zone. So that's where I tend to default is in that one, you know, one color, maybe, maybe a half tone here and there, just simplified graphics that can easily be replicated and shrunk down to stickers. And, um, but with these cans, it's kind of given me this freedom of like, well, no, it, it doesn't need to do that. So like go wild. So you can kind of actually look at the lineup of the camp and see my my progression. Then they just get more and more colorful as I've gone. are back you're listening to 16 ounce canvas episode 165 andrew gebelt colorado the rocky mountains call to arms brewing company making some delicious beers that they sent me i don't know if you promised andrew that we would or not bust his balls about it but he did send me a box of beers which was wonderful but he wrapped them in paper 
I just it was the first time for me, and so we we hit it off. I think we're friends, and I might have just ruined that friendship. But he did wrap uh, the beers in, in paper because yeah, one of them broke, and it was like, which was awesome. I mean, I've gotten weirder stuff in the mail, and it was awesome. It was unexpected, and you know we we enjoyed many called to arms, and we're calling to the arms to send us some more. Uh, just let me know where I can Venmo you guys. You're doing great work. I think that you're enjoying this episode hopefully as much as I am. Andrew's natural. He's really humble. And it really just, it makes it really easy for me. Uh, I would love to give this idea that we have these. And I see even, you know, we mentioned it here and there. We kind of go tongue in cheek with it. Um, you know, the we. I, there's, there's, there's so much more we would love to do with it, right? And with, with, but we, so we do, Ada does everything. I you know the scheduling, the interviews, the questions, the recording, the editing, and it's just nice when it's just really easy to talk to somebody, and it doesn't have to be this pulling of teeth, and it can be as close to a conversation that two folks would have, you know, in the backyard around a fire, or just sitting on the stoop, or at the bar. We just try to make it as real as possible, and they aren't all like that. I would say there's very few that are that are painful to listen to, and you know. But I just really enjoyed speaking with him. I like learning about his adventures, you know, just kind of in a, in a career standpoint, and his perspective, you know, on that and life and bringing it to to this. So you're listening to episode 165, which is not a prime number, but I know that it divides by 11. So if that helps you, because 11 is a prime number, that's cool. 11 times 15 is 165. Getting my homeschool degree. I have not lost my hair yet. I am kind of hoping like a positive would be like I have a lot of like I have a weird amount of gray hair in my beard. I'm sure I don't know if y'all see all the time. I just, one of these days I just hope it just like goes pretty like just just go all gray or just like, I don't know. I will uh, admit and I'm, I am dead sober as we record this. Um, I've tried to dye the beard the other way, going, you know, but uh, that stuff, it, I, mean, I, look like a, I look like a fucking cartoon when I do that, just so I wouldn't recommend it or go to a professional because that stuff burns. But we're going on a weird tangent, so let's just bring it back here. Listening to episode 165, like I said, Andrew Capelt, Capelt.com, G-E-P-P-E-L-T.com. Andrew, put that in front of the Capelt. That's you'll find on Instagram, and you'll see what he's doing. You'll see some of the stuff that we're talking about. And let us know what you think. Remember, use 16OZCanvas uh, hashtag on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is where you can find us. And, you know, we appreciate everyone who listens. Obviously, anyone who leaves the reviews or ratings, you know, thank you, thank you, thank you. You may have seen us recently tweet. We looked on our Apple podcast reviews or ratings, and we got one. I was like, 4.9. How did we get a 4.9? I mean, I, I'm not going to say we're, off, you know, this, you know, whatever. But if you're giving out awards, you know, we'll take one. Maybe most creative podcast, you know, uh, shortest initials for, you know, a podcast host. But someone gave us a two. And I was like, man, a two? Like, I'm cool with like a four. Maybe like a 3.5. But like a two is like a real kick in the, you know. And I felt like, I felt like you know, that's, I was like a joke because, you know, you, of all these folks write all these nice things and that too is going to just like eat at me. Like they didn't even reason why they didn't like 
throw shade or anything like that. Just just a two. Just click on that two. It's like, damn. Because I would like to know what episode that, that it was, and we'll just, you know, we'll put that away. We won't want that be live anymore. But you're listening to episode 165, Andrew Gapelt. This is clearly a five-star interview. I hope you're enjoying yourself. Gapelt.com, Andrew Gapelt on Instagram. Call to Arms Brewing Company. My name is AJ Kierens. You can find me at 16ozcanvas.com and 16ozcanvas on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Let's just get back at it because you don't hear me talk anymore. And what I like is it it it, it pulls on your you know your, your your corporate Andrew side, right? I think that whether you look at them and, and you know to the naked eye you might not notice it, but like I I see there's okay there's a there's a style sheet, right? You have like the almost like the paperclip style badge that hangs off of the top, you know, and then you have, uh, you know, what type of beer it is. And then there's just like a small description or ingredients, you know, whether it's the fruits or the hops or whatever. And then, and then there's these fucking weird people. Like what, who are those people? Like, what is, what is the frame of these people? Is that like, is that like the energy like you're supposed to go with it? Or like what, if you have a couple of these, you're going to end up doing like, you know, no, so we, you know, uh, when I when I first sat down with them, you know, I was very transparent with with you know my perspective on kind of the brew, you know, brewing industry, you know, at large. And I, you know, I see a lot of breweries that, you know, hitch their hitch their wagon to an artist, which is great, but then you fast forward a couple years down the road, and that relationship kind of goes away for whatever reason you know, the artist moves on to bigger and better things, you know, there's a falling out, what have you. And now they don't have that artist to do their packaging anymore. So all of a sudden they have to kind of reinvent themselves, you know? So I wanted to approach the initial structure of the way that we did packaging for called arms, where it wasn't reliant on me specifically that the that the the brand identity was in the structure and the approach to the label and that if we wanted to bring in different artists over time which was the initial plan until of course pandemic hit and they were just like no you we just need you to just knock that shit out um but we we've, we've got a couple of collaborations in the work where we're going to start bringing in other artists uh into into the fold um, but I knew in order for that to be successful, we needed to have, you know, a bit of a consistency and structure. And so, you know, we've got the general template and everything, but then we came up with this idea of these silhouettes, which, you know, no matter what the artwork was on the can, that there was a, a personality and that there's a physical person's silhouette that is, you know, connected to, uh, the, the style of beer and locked up with that, that is kind of, you know, the, the core essence of, of that brew. And that would always be there no matter, no matter what artist, you know, does the can. Which is, yeah, that's a very, uh, very kind of you. The fact that, uh, you're thinking about someone else taking your fucking job, dude, what is that all about? Right? It's like, Oh no, I'm just kidding. The files are on the computer. You can't get them out. Andrew's Andrew's the only one with the key. But uh, well, I think that's the uh, that's the you know agency 
brand side of me creep creeping in and just looking at it from a long term right you know business perspective here's the font phase here yeah right here's my my deliverables this big zip file of this is the font phase this is the yeah i I hear you no but i mean i think that that's the thing of a big picture and i think that a lot of folks don't do that which is fine like we we see it all and i like i i like a a style sheet with with flexibility and i think that's what you set up because then you have the ones where it's like a shiny metallic badge but then like when it's the you know the fruit water you know beer that it's it's in that color of the style and little things like that is is unique too because i think a lot of folks are very like set in their ways of how things are and it's like okay it's always going to be 97 point font of this and this and huge like huge and they can't let some of the, you know, I, I, I know it's, I think it's great. I think it's really clean how the badge sits. Like I said, like kind of that bookmark style to it, but there's a lot of breweries that would not allow that. They, that's a, it's not big enough. It doesn't take up enough of the can. Like when you look at that percentage wise, pixel wise, it's not that huge in relation to the beer, you know, into no, the whole really label. Not. But when you well, look, was, when you, was, that was, yeah. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, when you look at all the cans, though, like it sits in the same spot. It's always there. It has a level of presence. You know, it oversits everything. It kind of, you know, it points right down to the style. You know, it, 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 in a way, it's like transparent. If you if you spread that label out, right, and you laid it out vertically or landscape, right, it would probably be 20% of the label, but it's just done in a different way than the traditional on the bottom or in a, you know, in a vertical way, which I think is cool. Yeah, no, and it's, you know, and that was, we had some, you know, some pretty, uh, you know, foundational conversations in the early part of, of kind of the exploration of, of the first label. And when we were trying to create the template was trying to figure out what to them was, was important, you know, cause I've worked with brands that the logo is the most important thing. And if that's not the first thing you see, then, then. It doesn't matter how cool it looks if, if you failed. But then there's other brands that realize that the brand itself is more than a logo and it's a living and breathing thing. It has a personality and it has a story and it has a tone of voice. And if you can consistently show the brand through those touch points, those are much more rich and can connect to your audience in a, in a more meaningful way. And, and luckily they, that was where their heads were at and they wanted the personality of the beer to shine through. And so that's why we've dedicated so much of the, the, the canvas to just, you know, art and whatever the scene is. And the brand kind of takes a little bit of a backseat. I see what you did there with the canvas, my friend. I appreciate that. I see you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. So what is the, the decision on the 12 to 16 ounce cans, like when is that? Did they just buy a, sh- extra, a shitload of uh, 12 ounce cans they, they need to use or is it ABV related, which is kind of ironic because the bigger ones, the bigger ABV just sent me in the bigger cans and then the smaller ABV ones are in the smaller mm-hmm. cans. So, I mean, it's kind of counterintuitive, but you know, what's the, what's the thinking of uh, spatially? Um, I mean, from a, from a business perspective, at least to date, uh, you know, they want to be any of their IPAs 
um, and, you know, high hop profile beers they want to put into 16-ounce cans just because that's what the consumer really wants. You know, everyone wants their little four-pack of, of pints of their IPA. So that was that was this, that, you know, determined early on. But when, you know, a lot of their other beers, when, you know, are lagers and pilsners and Mexican lagers, you know, that's just kind of your quintessential you know, grab a six pack, go sit at the at the lake, go watch the game. So it's just kind of very style dependent on whether we go twelve ounce or sixteen ounce. Okay. Then now, do you have a? Are the when you design them? Are they? Do you think that okay? Like say they're like, well, we're gonna make Janet Reno's dance party now a sixteen ouncer. Would you? Would you go back and do a new label, or do you just set it up? Think like do. You, kind of going back to your, your brand self, right? your, your agency self, do you have, did you already get like, are you three steps ahead or do you design spatially for the, the, the 12 ouncer? Uh, being the, the, the speed that which we rolled out these first seven or eight beers we did, uh, it, everything was kind of designed based on the size that, that we were dealing with. Um, and it's funny you brought up Janet Reno. So we're, they actually just yesterday brewed um, fresh hop Janet Reno. <laughs> uh, and so got a whole bunch of strata hops showed up and, and it was cool because they invite me down to, you know, any brew session I want and I get to hang out and ask a million questions and get all nerdy and take photos and get inspired, which is fun. Uh, but we're t- we took that label blew it up to a 16 ounce can, which needed meant I needed to kind of draw some additional elements, changed up the color palette a little bit, changed up some typography, but the core of the label is still, you know, Janet Reno in the boxing gloves, the blue dress. Um, but it was, it was definitely a, you know, kind of a bit of a challenge when, when that, when they were like, Hey, we got a whole bunch of, Strata hops, we're going to do this fresh hop Reno. Can you turn that into a 16 ounce can? I'm like, I mean, I can. I don't know what that's going to take. You know, so it was kind of like, oh shit. And then pulling the 12 ounce art over into the 16 ounce template and going, how much room do I need to like make up? All right, cool. I guess I'm just going to draw more here and draw more here. And, right. You know, just make it work. All right. So we talked a little about uh, Call to Arms. I think, uh, you know, check them out. Call to Arms uh, Brewing Company in in Colorado. And, you know, when we're out there, we'll be sure to, we'll be biking over with Andrew and, you know, uh, stumbling home at some point. But when I, when I look at your, your, your personal work, you know, again, I'm, I'm keep being drawn back to the black and white. That's what really gets me. I'm a huge, but you're a big animal guy. Like I, I notice a lot of, you know, different types of animals and nature in your work, you know, is that, is that a conscious thing? Is that because of the beauty of Colorado that you're, you know, taking that all in, you know, or, you know, is that you a nature guy? Like, I don't know. I think that, you know, there's always a, a backstory on the inspiration, but I, I love all the different animals and, you know, nature aspects to your work. No, for sure. I mean, I'm, I don't know if I've ever thought about it, <laughs> I mean, you mentioned it and I start thinking through it. I'm like, oh, no, there actually is a shitload of animals. Um, no, I think, I mean, it, it's probably a combination of, you know, numerous things. You know, I'm 
growing up in, uh, you know, the, in Oklahoma and the South. And, and I was, you know, hardcore into Boy Scouts and did the whole Eagle Scout thing. So that was part of my DNA growing up and then coming out, keeping, you know, living out here for the last 13, 14 years. Um, you know, the, you know, the wilderness and, and mountains we have at our disposal here are amazing. Um, but at the same time, I'm also, uh, you know, married a dreadheaded hippie and we have rabbits and cats and chickens and shit. So, I mean, it's kind of just who we are. Mm-hmm. Colorado is a good place to be for all that, man. Yeah. So I, uh, yeah, no, I just, yeah. I, and I think that's cool that you said that. Like, you don't really think about it, but then now you're like, holy shit, I do draw a lot of, like, nature stuff, right? So I think that's kind of always the fun part of this is what I what I get drawn to versus what other people see is is cool. And like I said, I think that the first, like, aha, like, wow moment was, you know, the deal or die. And there's, I think there are two that I remember off the top of my head were, again, the uh, monkey astronaut, and I believe it was, like, a, just like a deep sea, like, you know, bottom of the ocean, like Jason project type, like, uh, you know, those like old school uh, underwater, like mask helmets that they wear. And I was just kind of like, Oh, like a diver's, like diver's bell. Yeah. It was like, it was like, I think it was, yeah. And now I'm looking at it. Like it was for the word underwater and it was just like, Holy shit. Like, who is this guy? And why is he, I don't know. I just thought like, why is this guy so cool that he's doing like, I don't know. I I was just, I was amazed. Like I I still go back and just click on the hashtag and just see like, it was just a wonderful, wonderful thing. All these amazing creative people like yourself, but like those were two like, holy shit. And ironically, I think that there's a one, I have to check. I think you did like a Celtic knot and and I'm 90% sure it's the same one that we had for our wedding as like our symbol, you know? And so it was just kind of like, all right, you got on my radar pretty quickly. And so I've just been, uh, I've been really, I've just been impressed for a long time, man. I just dig everything you're doing. Well, that was, I mean, that was such a super fun project too. Cause you know, for the last couple of years I've done the, you know, Inktober. Um, but when, but when you guys did the doodle or die, it was, you know, kind of, I can't remember. It was like the month before the month after Inktober. And it was, I was in that mindset. I was like, Oh sweet. Another one. And it was, and the prompts were super fun, and I had a blast. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. try. We were gonna try to do, do it this year. Got to do yeah. that one again. Sarah. No, we wanted to. Yeah, it, it's Rob. When we interviewed Robbie Davis. He's probably one of our first seasons. I had to check, but like that blew me away. Like he just mentioned it like casually, and I was like, "Holy shit!" And so I feel that it's his thing that he shares with me and lets us do it together. But it's really his thing that's now become our thing. And so if he he's about to have a kid. And so we, we were, we were really, we had early back and forth and he was like, he like literally in the last like week or two was like, I don't think I can do it in September. So we're really pushing, we might do a like fuck 2020 doodle or die and like try to do it like end of the year, like apocalyptic style and do like a December one. So we want to do it, you know, but I, I just am really respectful of everybody's like thing. And he, he. Even like that, like first email where I was like, "Man, I love that idea." I know you haven't done it in a little while, but like I think that it would go well. And uh, so yeah, I really, I, wow, oh, it's one of my favorite things we've ever done. Like we've done it twice, and it's just, it's just mind blowing. Like I get turned on to so many cool people, and then I just love the folks who have no, 
you know, who just go for it and just cause they want to just, you know, be part of it. And so, yeah, I, it's, it's definitely top of mind. Now you said Inktober, are you a, are you a tattooed guy? Like, I mean, a lot, that's what I like about your work too. I, I've, st- I've got my first tattoo. I want to get some more. And a lot of your work I could just easily see is like tattoos, which I think would be really cool too. Oh yeah. I have uh numerous, um, yeah, <laughs> most, most good chunk of my upper torso is covered. Is it any of your, do you have any of your, like, any of your stuff on you? I did every one of them. You did them yourself? I did not do them myself, but I drew every one of them myself. Oh, I was like, okay. You know, cause then, cause we interviewed, uh, uh, if you check them out on uh, Instagram, uh, I was just, uh, I texted him some of your stuff earlier actually, but, uh, fuzzed up bear and like he, he, he started doing, he started doing tattooing now, like, and he's just like, ah, it was something I really wanted to start doing. And like, you, you know, he did an apprenticeship, obviously and didn't like, but like, it's really, it's just, yeah, I love, I just love it. I could, I have a, I have a big session scheduled for, for next year. I'm excited to get some more done and I don't know. It's, it's cool. Like I can't, like, I can't wait to get it done. I got to lose a few of the, uh, Corona, Corona 15, you know, so Right. So I don't get inked on me and uh, what and look a little crazy if I lose a few. So that's gonna be the, that'll be the good motivation for me. But uh, yeah, I, yeah, like I said, I think that the black and white stuff is is uh, it's a screams. It's, it's so good. So so day to day, you know, what's you know being your own boss, kind of going back and forth with clients. Like, how is your how is how is that for you? Like trying to find a mix of still being creative for yourself and, you know, keep, you know, especially with all the crazy shit going on, like keeping the lights on, like, how are you dividing you know, your projects where you're the artist and the output is yours versus, you know, bringing clients on, like what's kind of like the, I don't know, to be nerdy, like what's like the pie chart or percentage of your day that's like, or your, your, your work that's like yours versus clients. Oh man. Uh, I would, you know, I tend to, especially, I mean, this year's just been, this year's been rough, you know, uh, I think, you know, everybody has felt it. And I think in the creative world, for sure, we have just been demolished by this, this shit because nobody wants to spend money. So yeah, this year has been just, I mean, it's hustle every day. If I'm not working on a project, I'm out beating the bushes and working the network, trying to find, find the next gig. So, uh, there's definitely not been as much personal work this year, but, uh, you know, I've also been very, very blessed to, you know, work with a few clients that give me a shitload of creative freedom. So even though it's client work, I kind of get to scratch that itch of, you know, my own personal creativity because they give me you know as much as much freedom as i want so you know it kind of works both ways yeah i think that's great i think the yeah i think it's a it's a unique time and people are are pivoting you know three four times over to just to you know just to to make it make it all work so i think it's uh interesting now given i think i already know the answer to this but since you're you know obviously uh what kind of beers are you into i mean obviously you're you're biking over and chaining yourself to the bar and you know that's a good business tactic actually i mean i think you know 
hopefully <laughs> I think that if businesses can just like all open up within a couple of miles of your house, you know, you know, figure out your, your, your tour de France biking distance, uh, abilities. And then you you know, set up shop there and don't leave until they, uh, bring, get, bring you on to do some work. Right. Uh, I mean, I'm the, yeah, beer wise, I'm all over the place. I mean, I definitely went through, you know, my heavy IPA phase, you know, back, you know, early, early two thousands when, you know, the, the entire craft world was blowing up with IPAs and, uh, and I still enjoy them. I just don't drink them every day. Like I used to, um, you know, I'm a big, you know, I'm a big lager guy. Like to me, if, if I can say, I mean, I did it last night, if I can sit on the front porch with, with a buddy, I said, you know, yes, last night I sat on the front porch until the wee hours of the morning with my brother and said, you know, kicked back several, you know, so I'm a, I'm a big fan of, you know, some, some multi goodness lagers, pilsners, take down a six pack and not regret it the next day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The recovery period, uh, as you go up the ladder is not as, uh, it's not as quick as when we were at the lower, lower levels of, of said ladder. So yeah, I, uh, I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the, that was one of the greatest parent lessons I've ever learned. And so folks, here's the thing you can, my, and my wife picked it up way quicker than I did. She was kind of like, it's late. You should get to bed. The kids are going to go at the same time. And I was like, Oh no, blah, blah. the kids give zero, like whatever. I mean, anything times zero is zero. So zero to the millionth power. They give zero fucks what time you went to bed or how much fun you had with a friend you hadn't seen in a while or the yeah. decision to go see a late night band. They get up like clockwork, and I don't understand it, but I just remember early days. And uh, if the kids ever do listen, this is his dad just taking poetic license and being creative, but, you know, just hurting on the couch, and we're just and laying there being like, all right, yeah, let's just watch another episode of SpongeBob or whatever the hell it was. They could have <laughs> they could have asked for a bowl full of sugar, and I would have been like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Have whatever you want, man. Like, I'm good. Just let me, you know. Yeah. And uh, so... Yeah, that's a good that's a good life lesson you gotta learn. The kids get the kids give zero fucks oh, yeah. about, about whatever the reason was that dad thought it was a good idea to have one six more, you know, the night before. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> man. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's and I'm excited because my brother and uh, you know, my sister in law have their first one, and then my uh, my baby sister and, and my brother-in-law had their first one within like last a couple of months and uh so i can't wait for that experience because it was always like why can't you go out with us why can't you do this why can't you do that and i'm like i'm like oh okay here we go they'll learn oh i'm not gonna they'll tell learn. them i'm not gonna tell them i'm gonna buy the most annoying loudest obnoxious fucking toys like things that like break into 100 pieces yep. i can't wait like i've yeah yeah I've all the like, shit all the shit they got you that pissed you off and they didn't understand Oh yeah, I'm gonna yeah. get. I'm gonna buy him. Yeah. Ja- I'm gonna buy him jacks so I can step on those like the middle of the night coming downstairs. Get some water. Like I'm gonna get. It's gonna yeah. be like a. It's gonna be like a double dare episode at their house by the time I'm done with it. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Oh yeah. So so okay so so you ran the gauntlet, came out with all these crazy labels in like a short ass period of time. Is there, you know, what's the what's the next step? You said you're working on you know the new gen Reno. You know is. Is it now a little more 
calculated, a little easier to, to do because you've, you know, kind of got through that first bubble? You know, what's, uh, what, what's going on now? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're definitely not as, well, for the most part, not as quick turn. Uh, they're still every once in a while the, hey, do you think we could squeeze this in? type of thing mm-hmm. yeah. uh but uh but yeah i mean we're we're plugging along they're still i mean we're i think we're up to i just finished the 20th label oh wow forum last week i've got three more on deck so i mean we're we're plugging away that's great um they're they're getting ready to you know you know we're looking at fall and looking at those you know those types of beers and so it's uh mm, good been little, fun Oktoberfest little fest beer yeah oh yeah just yep just did just did a couple of those and so it's uh but yeah it's definitely more of a you know you know uh easy easy going process now where we've got a little bit of time we and we check it off and instead of it just being a balls to the wall crank get it done we're we're being a little bit more thoughtful and and thinking about the right you know they're thinking about the right beers and you know whether they're repeat beers and they have established names there's been a few one you know a few new ones that were you know i've been able to help in the process of naming which is always fun and so yeah it's uh that's good and just you know beyond call to arms uh you know, starting to look at uh, other opportunities, uh, working with a new new brewery down in Arkansas, where's, which is where my wife's from. Um, and so they're in the beginning stages of development of the brand and building the tap room and all. So we're getting in the ground floor of that one. So it'll be kind of fun to see how that one pans out and uh you know past that just the daily the daily hustle of you know how do i pay next month's mortgage oh yeah like i say uh being a grown-up sucks um i just first i wanted to publicly just say like i some of the work that you've done that's not for a brand or whatever and you know i think early before we started recording you know just saying using your powers for good you know with with your with your social justice messages have 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 moved me more than like i you know have been i've been blown away i think that especially the the one you know just the the beautiful innocence that you portrayed of uh, elijah mclean um as a father of a son with autism you know that that one and i have two nephews who you know are on the spectrum as well you know it, it crushed me and so i think that just uh you drew this beautiful picture of the young man and you know the the imagery that you've done with the Statue of Liberty and other things, it just, it's been really powerful. And I just, you know, I, uh, yeah, I, I just really just wanted to, you know, use this platform to just to thank you. I think they're just really, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just been really great. And I, I mean, like I said before, I wish, you know, we've, I think I said before we started recording, I, I mean, I wish you never had to draw those, but you know, using, you know, using your, your abilities to, to, to send that message is, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, th- just thank you, Andrew. I just think they're really great. Well, I appreciate that, man. I think, you know, we as, you know, 
any any anybody out there as a as an artist, whether that's you know visual art, music, et cetera. Like we have a we have a power and to to capture people's attention and whether we realize the scope of our power or not, like there's a, you know, we, we have a responsibility as well to leverage that in a, in a way that can, you know, do something besides just line our pockets. Yeah. And I think it's, yeah, I think that I was first called that. I think that, you know, which I thought was amazing. You're like, Oh, I just drew this over the weekend. And it was just really just like powerful, uh, about, you know, the, the, kind of uh, frontline workers, you know, the first responders and, you know, the nurses and doctors. And it was just, uh, you know, it was just a, a call to thanks and appreciation and, and gratitude for others. And then, you know, like I said, you know, you've done some, you know, the, there's, you know, Black Lives Matter and kind of just like, a, you know, using, you know, y- your your tools to nicely tell people to wear a fucking mask. You know, I think that uh, every week, I think, <laughs> I think for the last, you know, 10 episodes or whatever, we say, you know, just wear your fucking mask, you know. You know, get a, get a cool mask, get a fun mask, like whatever, get weird with it. But like, just fucking wear a mask. It's not that big a deal. And I just, you know, just, uh, yeah, just that level of detail you bring to all of your work. But just, uh, you know, with, with uh, these simple messages, I think it, it's just... Uh, yeah, it's it's moved me really. I mean, I have to say, it's just been really. It's I'm 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 happy to know you now. Like it really mean it really means a lot to me. So I just I wanted to say thank you. Man, I appreciate that. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so yeah, like I said, folks, if you haven't had a chance to follow along with what Andrew's doing, Andrew Capelt, Andrew A N no Andrew, Capelt uh, G E P P E L T, and then you just uh, shorten that shit down and go to Capelt.com. And yeah, like your portfolio, I mean, it's cool because you get like some of the corporate clients and the different stuff. I mean, it is vast and it's, 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 it's just great. I think it's a, it's a great website. It's really, uh, it's really impressive. Um, one, one more question for you about, you know, just about that, like your, your logo, it's kind of, uh, like, it's like a mix of music notes with, uh, you know, the G and, you know, what's, what's the, what's the backstory with your, your logo there? Because it does appear on your stickers and some of your other stuff too, is like kind of a a, a cleft like G, you know, with uh, the colon. But there's got to be more to that that I'm missing out on. So I apologize if I don't miss if I don't see this the full story of it. No, no, for sure. I, I have definitely. I mean, over the years, I have you know reinvented myself numerous times, and and uh, this last go around just really wanted to kind of simplify shit down and you know i've got a a very unique last name that you know aside from my immediate family and a few different relatives back in germany you know there's not very many of us and so i'm just i've always from the get-go just kind of banked on my last name being my identity and uh just wanted to create something that was you know recognizable enough easily readable but then also you know unique enough from an average letter form to you know just have a little bit of ownability uh and then also something that could you know going back to something i said earlier like reduce down to really tiny and still work so that it could go on to uh you know posters and stickers and wheat paste 
murals and shit like that and, and, you know, always work. So that was kind of my, my reasoning behind it. But now there's no, no hidden, no hidden message. No, no extra meaning. It's literally just how do I make a simplified, cool looking G? Yeah, no, it's cool. I mean, I remember having mine, like, I think if folks listen enough, they know what my full name is, but we don't just drop it just because it's more just to fuck with people. But uh, my name is pretty big. So, I, like, when I was a kid, like, I would just play with AJ for a while. When I did college radio, I thought it was cool to use, like, a, you know, a, a big, like, a small A and, like, a huge J as, like, you know, my radio name. And so, I, yeah, I'm with you. I've always just doodled with, you know, the the just kind of trying to simplify something bigger. And so... Um, and you probably get stupid people making like get fish, you know, things and stuff like oh, that. Oh, dude, since, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the amount of the amount of gefilte fish jokes that I have heard since I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, gefilte with snowballs. That yeah, yeah, that's yeah. probably that gefilte is probably the the number one. Uh, there's a few other ones that pop up, but that one. What else? I mean, I I'm not. Most, I'm, I'm pretty. What what else would pop up? Because here, just to share the pain, and for some reason, as a grown man, it doesn't bother me at all. But when I was a kid, like they would, I would get on the soccer field, I would get, I would get Ajax and Applejacks, and for some reason, it really bothered me. And I don't oh, know. Dude, kids, are, kids are ruthless, man. Oh, there's a great. Kids are ruthless. There is a great. It's, it's in my opinion, it's one of the. I mean, and now that I, it's one of those classic examples. Now when I go back and look at it, it won't carry the weight. But it was uh, there's an episode of Saturday Night Live in a skit where there's a I don't even know who the guests were or whatever and they're trying to you know name their kid and it's like you know the, the mother gives a name and then the father just like comes up with every like dickheadish variation that the, what the kids would use at school and it's like you know it seems it just goes on and on and on it's like and it's so great it, oh it's just so funny you know like the way that just kids are so quick to just like find something and just like pounce on it and so yeah i remember that oh, ajax yeah. and i was like what uh, and i was like i don't i was in hindsight i'm like <laughs> that's not even like a good like that's just like sad you know like there's a, yeah it's like yeah. That's creativity like, not their forte yeah apple jacks and i was like what is up going the apple jack i'm like you know i was like all right like <laughs> but it's just like yeah but it doesn't matter once they once they get in there. It's just no. like you're done. You're done. Yeah. 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 People ask me all the time. You know, like oh, you go by Andy, Andrew. Like what? I'm just like whatever you yell at me. I don't care. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. My A is much larger than than Andrew, but well, I'll, I'll tell you later. I, like I said, I'm not. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, my dad goes by Gus. I go by AJ. So I'm a junior. My son is the third, so we call him Trey. So we all keep the, the the family name, and then we just have our own versions of it. So yeah. Um, okay, I think I have like two and a half more questions here. So uh, this is one of our nerdier questions that we you know. Um, but as somebody has all these projects going on, you know, all these different you know you know hats you're wearing, do you have a compelled naming convention that you use like for specifically for your projects so it helps you keep yourself a little organized or you know, what's uh what's your what's your file system look like man <laughs> uh i'm actually pretty nerdy about it um i had the years and years ago i had like the painstaking job at one of the agencies 
to like be the creative represent representative of uh, like a big server transfer. And so we had to uh, uh, deal with, you know, the 4 million files that were not named properly to move onto a Microsoft server that doesn't take, you know, special characters and spaces and shit. And so it was uh, since, since that, since that day, I've been very uh, intentional about, you know, naming my, my files proper because, you know, on a Mac, you can get away with just about anything and it doesn't matter, but you get out off the, you get off the Apple platform and try and share that file with someone on a, on a PC uh, and then get real angry real fast. So now I'm, you know, mine, mine's pretty much, uh, you know, your standard client, client name or client abbreviation underscore whatever the overarching project is underscore whatever piece of the project that that is, you know, underscore date and my name. All right. That's pretty close to mine. Now what next nerdy sub threaded question? How do you, what, how do you use your, how do you set up your dates? Like what is your, what is your date format? I am a six digit month date year. Okay. No, no dashes, no, no dashes, no periods, just six numbers in a row. All right. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, I would do, I guess it's day, day. Then I do three letters of the month and then I do two digits of the year. I don't know why. I don't I, don't, I think I got that in Europe at some point. I, I saw it somewhere. I'd love it. I was about to say that. Yeah. Day, month, year is definitely a European scenario. Yeah. But like, so today is, I would do, I don't know. I, I don't even know what day of the week it is. I'm not going to lie to you. It's kind of all blends together. I, I think I would do O2 SEP 20 is what I would do. Yeah. That's I don't, right. I don't, and I love it. I think visually it just works for me. But yeah, I do. You're saying, I, and yeah. I usually use AJK. Uh, I never use space. I never use spaces or dashes. Uh, underscores is my jam. And I know you mentioned your server transfer. The reason I do it is because back in my uh, HTML days, any spaces in a file would cause a percent twenty, you know, special character mm-hmm. rendering, and it would just fuck everything up. And so I never. Like, I think at that point, <laughs> I never use a space. Like I never use a space ever again. And I just think I think weirdly of people when they send me these files that are just like a chapter book like description and it's just like with spaces all over the place. I'm like, you're just like a you you know, you have no understanding for the rule you know, the rules here. Like you're just like you're going off the off the off the ranch. I don't know. It, bo- it bothers me to a weird place that I don't understand why. <laughs> oh, we all have those like weird little things that other people do and you're just like, What the fuck? Yeah, it's like, oh yeah. Why would you ever do that? Yeah, like yeah. To me, it works because then, like, every version, like, I'll even, I even usually add like, whip, you know, so I know it's on final, and then I use like versions, oh, yeah. so I can play. Oh with yeah, it. yeah. Round one, round two, version yeah. A, version yeah. B, all just, the. Oh yeah, you have to so that you go back because the guarantee a client's going to be like, hey, so we thought about it and we really like the version you did like five rounds ago. Right. Can you bring that one back? Yeah, and so I was just like, I mean, now with like this space, because I think it's like a, like back in the day, like I would never have done that, because like you, were, you know, I remember you know, you get a thumb drive, and I think the day I got one that was like one gig, I was like, 
this is a gig in my hand. Like, whoa. And now you can get like a terabyte for right. like 60 bucks, you know, and have it delivered the next oh, day. Yeah. So I just think it's like, yeah, all right. That is nothing anymore. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just like, all right, I'm going to have every version because I know that I'm going to like, you can only, you can only uh, command Z or control Z so many times, right? To go back to it. So if I just save it, it's like, all right, that was a stable version. I'm good with that. And so, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I just, that question is the nerdiest thing I ever ask anyone, but it's one of my favorites because I just, I just, I love it because I, I use Camelback too. That's how I do it too. I, I think I, uh, with the, you know, if, there, if I use more than one word, I, you know, I do the, the capital letters thing. Yep. I'm right there with you. Oh my God. You're like my, uh, yeah, my spirit animal out there. <laughs> so you've, you've had some bumps, scrapes and bruises. You've, you've worn multiple hats. You've been an agency guy. You've been an independent guy. You're. You know, you're just, uh, you're, you're a grinder, you know, it's a hustle, you know, do you have any advice for, for somebody out there who's, you know, maybe a few years younger than, than you, not me. I mean, obviously you I mean, but just like a few years younger than you, um, you know, that's just kind of thinking about it and getting started or just kind of has that inkling, maybe has that design, you know, the design room moment like you to, to kind of, uh, you know, any, any career advice as, as you know, sit us down. Oh yeah. I think, uh, you know, for, for me and my, in my, all my agency years, the, the biggest thing that, that I saw and, you know, always talk to young designers and, and students about is just the, you know, the work ethic, the, or, or lack, lack thereof. Um, you know, it's, a in our business, it's, uh, it is a grind. Um, and, you know, and you've got to put in the, got to put in the time and the effort before you potentially get to do the cool shit. Um, you know, and just, you know, being a bit humble, realizing that straight out the gate, you're not going to be, you know, a number one dude, but willing to put in that effort. And I guarantee you that people recognize that so fast. Um, and then for the, you know, from the artist standpoint, I think, you know, I've, I've had the pleasure of working with a ton of amazing artists over the years, especially in, you know, on the brand agency side and the different people I was able to, to hire and bring in has been pretty awesome. Um, but I think through that whole experience, the, you know, one of the biggest takeaways is, you know, just that be, you know, be who you are, you know, define your personality and, and just be your unique self because that's what makes all of our art amazing is the fact that we all have, a, you know, a very unique point of view. We all come from different backgrounds. And if we, if you are willing and allow yourself to utilize where you come from and your perspective to influence your art, it will guarantee be unique from anyone else's, um, you know, and, and by default sets you apart and give you a much better chance of, you know, catching someone's attention because you're being your authentic self. Yeah. I do love that term authentic self. And right. I think that at some point, right. Let's, let's just, th I, again, we'll throw out crazy ideas and they'll come back, but at some point in the future, right, we're going to get as many of us as we can from all these episodes and we could sit in a room and like, like we do a doodle or die, right? I mean, this is a perfect example of that. 
you know, it's just everyone's given the same starting point, same jump off point. And we could even say, okay, everyone can only do it in black and white. Everybody can only use a number two pencil, you know, however granular you want to get. And everybody's going to come up with their own version of that. And that's like, that to me is when you see those come in and you see people start doing it, that it's just amazing to me because there's what what could be such a limiting thing is such a freeing, like powerful moment. Everybody has this own interpretation of stuff. And so, I mean, I think that's what makes us all different. And I think that we, if we, you know, to get philosophical for a second, you know, if we all looked at that and realized that while we're all different and have a different perspective, if we appreciate and respected it, we'd have a lot better, you know, communication and, you know, and we might be in a different place as a, as a society. But, uh, yeah, I, I just, I just really like, I'm always drawn back to that, you know, and, and I'm not creative. I'm not unique. Sometimes I don't, I can't be repetitive. So if you listen a lot, but if we all look at the same sunset, you know, we'd all draw something different. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, and that's what makes, you know, every art form. So, fucking cool and it's why we all love it and we're all drawn to it and no matter what that expression is and how that comes out of you like it's going to connect with somebody yeah yeah exactly and i think that's so i mean uh and i will say just like just seeing beautiful things it made me think that like the recent um you know the meteor showers that were happening a few weeks back i just i mean the the perseid meteor showers and like this is a weird reference, but like when I was a kid, you know, American Tale and like Fievel, right? Like I, you know, that was like that whole <laughs> scene, that <laughs> scene, right? The whole scene though, like where it's like we're underneath the same <laughs> sky. And I think that like whoever that song song is, it's a little, it's a little hokey, but that, that beautiful vision that like we're not together, but we are. I saw Andrew, I saw literally one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life, like top five, maybe top three, and it's called like a, like, it was like this meteor. It was, uh, I oh, I'm going to ruin it, but it was like basically like a thick, like usually like a meteor shower, you see them and they're like one pixel and it's like, like just like width wise, it screams across. This was like 150 pixel wise. And it went across the screen. Like you take, like you take a permanent marker or like a highlighter and do like a, you know, from full left to full right. And I was like in all and my whole family and my brother and sister-in-law and a bunch of us saw it and i was like that is like the culmination that is the bar by which all you know by which all meteors from the rest of my life will be judged and it was like i was like that was real right like i wasn't seeing any trails from like you know some acid i dropped back in like you know the the late 90s or anything like that and it was like everyone was everyone just had their jaws down and i was like all right, you know, we'll get through this. And that was, yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of just like finding something to believe in and, you know, holding on to it. That's awesome. So our, our last question, and you're a great guest cause I know I could talk to you for hours and that's what, yeah, that's a, you make my life, you know, super easy. But, um, when you're creating or just, you know, do you have certain music you listen to? What's like the vibe that, you know, compelled studios, you know, do you, you know, what's on the, on the playlist? I mean, other than you know, catching up on the 16 ounce canvas, you know, what's, you know, what do you, what, <laughs> what, you know, what's, you know, what, what's on the playlist? Oh, dude, I am all over the place. Um, you know, I'm a child of the nineties. So when my wife makes fun of me for it all the time, you're always going to find some, some grunge in the rotation. 
also a big metalhead. You know, I will, especially if I'm really working on a on a piece and just need to zone out. You know, throw on, you know, some old Zayo or Mailing Sons of Disaster. I listen to both of them a lot lately, but uh, also just gone down the rabbit hole of like kind of this new rebel country situation. You know, the Whitey Morgan, Coulter Wall. Coulter Wall. You know, I can just yeah. zone out. And, and he's like 20. Oh God. And he's so young. Like, you expect this guy to have, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, like tobacco stains and just like this whole, you know, like, oh, yeah. grit. He spoke to three packs a day since the day he was born. <laughs> yeah. Everyone. Yeah. And I'm like, this guy's voice is amazing. And then you see him, he's like baby faced. No, and he's so like good. so young. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That's. That's in the least in the current rotation. Yeah, all right. All right. Yeah. So do you is it depending on the project that you listen to certain stuff or what's the you know, what's the what's the, you know, how, how how do you decide what you're gonna listen to? Um uh God, I mean if I'm drawing if I'm in like pure draw mode, um it's usually just based on like my mindset or attitude in that moment uh just to get some tunes on uh if i'm working on bigger brand stuff with some of my clients or i do a lot of writing for some of my clients that's definitely where the the country music definitely more more mellow folk type vibe is gonna you know really show its its world yeah the new uh the last avid's like you know, Rick, uh, like the the overly produced album wasn't our favorite, but the they just they came out the the third gleam, and it's really good. It's really yeah, it's it's more like just stripped down acoustic. But if you're into that vibe, uh, Camp C A A M P, we really like them a lot too. And there's another one we were, yeah, our friends in uh, West Virginia recommended those, uh, recommended them, and so okay, yeah, that's uh, oh, yeah. way more way more stripped down and. You mentioned before your wife's kind of the the hippie of the family. So she, what what is she listening to? Oh man, uh, it's not children's music with the kids. Um, no, I mean she she definitely is. You know, she's who definitely got me into the kind of the folk world for sure. Um, but it's, you know, she's. She's definitely dead over fish. That's my wife. Is um, my wife is dead she, over fish because she's seen Jerry. So once you see Jerry, I think it's kind of like you know I've uh, I've seen everybody else. Great. I mean, yeah. I mean, the best part about it is I think that that the Grateful Dead is a misconception of of just noodling. Like when you if you if you can't I I would if you're listening to this episode, I will get a personal interjection and I'll put money down. American Beauty is one of the greatest albums of all time. And I don't think there's a single song maybe that's over four and a half minutes, right? If like Ripple with the the mandolin and you you go sit on a lake and close your eyes and just become one with nature, like to me that's as good as it's kind of as good as it gets for that style of music. But yeah, yeah, because Jerry comes oh, yeah. Jerry comes from a from a bluegrass background, like he's you know he was. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that the yeah so he's yeah so I, I yeah i feel that i mean if i love fish i've seen them like 75 80 times but i mean i would yeah which isn't really a lot but it's you know it's all good <laughs> yeah no i mean i i went through my i went through my bob dylan 
days back in the 90s and and followed him for several years and that's definitely one of my personal faves uh we raised our kids on you know classic my son's favorite band is queen so i mean you know we're a, a vinyl household and that's what they were raised on from a an early age so i think yeah. they did at least something right right exactly right yeah i remember uh we took our kids to mountain jam and the avids were playing and woody nelson and like my, like all these great artists michael franti and you know warren haynes and all, it was all these great like just artists and um and they were like, Dad, these are the songs you play for us when we go to bed. You know, and it was Father's Day and like, and my kid, you know, your kids are in your arms and it's like, all right. Or they'll like, be like, Alexa, play the Beatles. And I'm like, all right, life is good. Like, um, yep. I, 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 yep. I, I can take a little pause. I haven't, I haven't totally screwed up. Yeah. No, like we have three playlists. We have one that we curated and then like the other one's an Avid's list and one's a Beatles playlist. And like, they're happy with all of them, you know, and, uh. Yeah, I think Queen is like completely underrated. Like, I think they're fucking. Like, I remember I had a whole period of time where it's like, like dove in like off the top with Queen. It was like, you know, they rock so hard. And I think that you know, I think Freddie Mercury is one of the greatest frontmen of all time. But I think in a way, he takes away from like just how hard they bring it. Like they just like. And some of the the you know the bass lines that they're like it's just it is uh, I mean even like the you know, yeah even some of the mainstream songs like I think everyone has their Wayne's World moments and like kind of <laughs> fat bottom girls which you know by the way amen to that you know and um, <laughs> like I just think it's so good like I just like that's one of the bands that I was just like all right sorry about that guys like I miss you know I had a misconception there and uh, oh yeah they bring yeah. it. No, the pure, the pure, just power and musicianship of them is because you're right. I mean, you can't you can't discount Freddie at all, but he definitely gets so you know all the spotlight, and you don't realize the talent that that fucking band has. Yeah, I think you can appreciate it more, still, and they're still killing it. Uh, I don't know. I can't get behind that Adam Lampert guy. I mean, whatever. I mean, I'm not. Well, I'm just... I didn't say him. I said them. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, like they can still play. Oh yeah. Red. Oh yeah. Brian May, right? Like he's a killer guitar player. Like he's just completely unappreciated. And I think that I think that takes a level of humility, right? Like it's just kind of like, all right, yeah, uh, yeah, okay. Freddie was the guy, and uh, whatever. But you know, when you listen, I think that's why the records do do a better justice because you know you don't see him. He's not in front. Like he's not taking the stage away. And then you just hear these like you know you just I don't know. For me, a good record is when you can put on your headphones, you know, which is weird for, I think, this day and age. But, you know, that record, I think uh, Kid A from Radiohead is a, one of the best oh, head, God, headphone, yeah. headphone albums ever. You know, the the subtle use of, like, the panning back and forth and how it just, like, goes. Like, oh, I could, like, I remember that moment and it was... Uh, we were in my friend's friend's apartment in Manhattan. And, you know, we had we were out having a good time. We were probably feeling a little no pain, and we sat back and I sat down like a beanbag chair, which was in hindsight was like totally weird. And literally, they just dropped a pair of headphones on my head, and like an hour and fifteen later, I was just like gleeful, and it was it was perfect. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean it's the it's the power it's the power of art, man, and that is that is a phenomenal art form. Oh yeah, I can't play for fucking licking me, but I, I appreciate it with the best of them. So, but uh, Andrew, I look forward to the day we get to hang out. I feel like we're you know, 
you know, lost souls together. I, I, I can't, I can't, you know, thank you enough for just what you're doing. I, I really admire your work and your, your line work and the, the stories you tell through your art. And, uh, you know, I know these are tough times for artists and just people in general, but, uh, you know, you know, people like yourself, I know I, I've, I have faith and if there's anything I can do, um, you know, to help support you and continue to support you, you know, please don't ever hesitate to reach out and try to, you know, hoard out whatever this is that we're doing. And, uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll catch up soon and, you know, have a, have a good time. And I look forward to it, man. Oh yeah. No, we're, we're so excited to get, get free of this and, and get on the road and do some traveling. And it's, uh, if we, when, whenever we make it up there, cause we will, uh, I'll hit you up and we'll go grab yeah. a pint and yeah, I don't hang, know. hang yeah. out in your neck of the woods. Yeah, Connecticut is not as cool as Colorado, but whatever. Well, yeah, sure. If you come to town, obviously we'll show you around, but it might be a little anticlimactic. You know, you'll be like, "Oh, okay, I met you." And what else are we gonna do? And it's like that's kind of it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, man, we're excited. We're yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the New England trails and Appalachian trails, if you're if you're into hiking and stuff like that, is is beautiful, and I would recommend New England, Vermont, Maine. It's a it's a it's a beautiful it's a beautiful part of the country. So, yeah, so. Oh, no. Just, just keep it locked down. Looking forward to it. Wear that fucking mask, my friend, and uh, you know we will, we will get together and we will, we will celebrate. And uh, like I said, I, I really, I really appreciate you, and I just wanted to you know, publicly thank you for all you're doing. All right, back at you, my friend. I appreciate the opportunity. This has been a fucking blast. All right, my friend. We'll do it soon. Yeah, and so uh, spread love with the fam. I do. And uh, you know we'll, uh, we'll we'll go see some fish shows. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I I, I I have another. Yeah, I can't wait. But uh, yeah, just until we talk again, uh, anything you need, I'm here for you, man. Sounds great. All right, cheers. Good night, man. And there you have it, folks. Let this man tell his story. Little Whitey Morgan in his 78s. We listened to episode 165. Episode 165 featured the lovely and talented bearded man himself, Mr. Andrew Capelt. Capelt.com. Andrew Capelt on Instagram. Just a damn good episode. It's a long one, and we're unstructured. We try to color within the lines, but I really just think it's a, a good episode that has something for everybody. I think it'll encourage you. I think it'll humble you. I think it'll give you inspiration to go for it. Maybe not, you know, handcuff yourself to the you know, table in the tap room after riding your bike there and drinking all of their beers, but... Even as we joke about that, I think that it's a good example of just kind of going for it, right? You know, you, sometimes you got to make yourself you know, available or you know, go out of your way to meet somebody or just go and you know, put in the work, you know, and go check out what they're doing. Go check out the brewery or you know, the business or you know, do some research for the job, you know. I think it's, uh, I think it's really important. I think his work is great. I'm glad to see that, you know, in conjunction with what we're doing, he's rolling out some of the labels at Andrew Gapelt on Instagram. It's really just a great opportunity to celebrate the, the hard work and, you know, from from the darkness will be light. 
I'm really glad that we're able to justify having one here. I said it's a weird use of that word, but just kind of uh, meet our criteria, which we are very loose with. The best recommendations we get are from you, the fans, or from the other artists. No offense for the publicists or the folks at the, at the breweries who think that, you know, so-and-so would be really great and what have you. And another thing, like, I can tell when you don't listen to that, like, when you don't listen. Like, if you never listened to it before, and I mentioned something or whatever, and you're kind of like deer in headlights with me, so I see through you people. I don't see dead people, but I can see you, so. They also, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't send you guys over to beerculture.com. We'll be sharing, you know, some of the great results from the for the kids, which is our great uh, back-to-school backpack and supply drive for kids because it's important when kids are in school. First of all, kids can be mean, and, you know, there's clicks and there's things that happen, and, you know, we can debate whether or not there's a right or wrong, and I, I'm not a big fan, and I think that, you know, bullying is really just something that we're just starting to properly address. But... If kids are in a, a tough situation, you know, whether parents have lost their jobs or, you know, they're just kind of uh, working, you know, working multiple jobs uh, to get by, you know, sometimes different levels of supplies and just things that a lot of us take for granted, you know, are part of that grind and part of that story. And so we're trying to make things, you know, just better. I think the kids are a huge part of our community, you know. It's not a... You know, Dionne Warwick, you know, our children, our future, but that that's that's legit, and I think it's important. If you fuck with kids and you're an asshole, man, we got no time for you. I think it's just super important that we look at ways we can make an impact and directly impacting, you know, the youth of tomorrow, who are going to be our future leaders, you know, today. We'll be able to address and attack a lot of the, a lot of the issues and a lot of the problems that, you know, my uh, black brothers and sisters and uh, the folks of the you know, LGBTQ plus community, you know, they're facing. And so just, just think big picture sometimes. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really important in anything you do to help, you know, promote or get the word out. You know, don't hesitate to follow along with, uh, beer culture on, you know, on Instagram and, uh, also beerculture.com. And just please, you know, do your part, you know, learn, get educated, there's a, a currently an application for Cicerone a scholarship, so it's uh, and uh, our, our newest feature, which is really cool, is the is the job board. So, if you are looking for a job in the beer industry, or if you are a brewery or bar or something in, in the space, and you want your job posted, it's uh, it's quite easy to do. So head on over to there. But uh, we thank you, we thank Andrew, and. Uh, just another great week in the books. So thank you all. I appreciate every one of you. And uh, thank you to our teachers. Thank you to our teachers. Please wear a fucking mask. We love you. We're out. <laughs>